Welcome to Sermons from Bailey Road. You are about to hear a sermon given at Bailey Road Baptist Church. Bailey Road is a small Bible-believing church located in North Jackson, Ohio, and is pastored by Pastor Aaron Smith. We are dedicated to serving the Lord through our people and through our teaching. We hope you are enlightened by today's message, and again, welcome to Bailey Road Baptist Church. Walking out this morning, I mentioned to Rachel, she walks out with me, and I mentioned to her on the way out, I said, I said, oh, I said, that was over an hour speaking about the sermon this morning. And she said, well, that's because you preached two of them. I said, well, I suppose she's right, but I looked over my notes this evening at home and she said, how many are you preaching tonight? I said, I think we'll go for three. I didn't say that for real, uh, but we're just going to go for one this evening. How's that? Uh, we're in, but we're in overtime uh, for, for our sermons for today. Um, but see, I figured since we're not going to have a full one on the fifth Sunday, you'd have to get an extra one in there somewhere. No? No? That, that honestly wasn't the plan. Uh, I honestly, when I get up to preach, I just preach. Uh, I, I never, if somebody asks me, uh, you know, how long are you planning to preach tonight? I, I don't know. Um, but uh, now if you give me a time limit and you say uh, we're done at 7 o'clock, I'll be done at 7 o'clock whether we're done at all or not. Um, but, uh, but if you don't give me a time limit, I'm just going to keep going until I'm done, amen? And I appreciate you being willing uh, to, to allow the preacher to do that. Um, it does give... Uh, much liberty uh, in that to not have to worry about that. And, and look, if you have somewhere to go at 7 and I'm not done, feel free. It will not offend me. That's right. Just turn the lights off, and, uh, and when I'm done, I'll be done. Amen? Uh, so, it, no, seriously, I mean, if you have to leave, that, that kind of stuff doesn't offend me at all. Uh, the Scripture says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Uh, I try to operate my life by that. It doesn't always work. Uh, applying the Bible is not always as easy as it sounds, uh, but I do try to not be offended by those things. Um, and so uh, if, if that's the case, then, then let's do it. But uh, we're not going to be that long tonight, I promise. Uh, we'll be out before 7 o'clock. It may be 6.58, uh, but we'll be out before 7 o'clock tonight. First Corinthians chapter 1. We gave an introduction to this last week, to this wonderful book uh, by the Apostle Paul. We gave the background, so we don't have to go through all of that this evening. Uh, we're just going to jump in and read uh, the first several verses here tonight. But the Scripture says in verse 1, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sothosthenes, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ that in everything ye are enriched by him, in all utterance and in all knowledge, 
even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. This phrase again in verse 9 says, God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I am of Apollos, and I am of Cephas, and I of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius, lest any should say that I had baptized in my own name. And I baptized also this, or the household of Stephanus. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. Now here we'll stop there just for, for sake of time and that, but as I read through this first chapter of the book of 1 Corinthians, I see a theme that is taking place throughout this chapter, and it has to do with developing a unified church, a unified church. And I want to give you four points this evening concerning that topic of developing a unified church. Notice he says in verse 10 that you all speak the same thing that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Obviously, as he mentions in verse 11, there were some contentions that were among the people. They weren't getting along like they probably should have. And there was some disharmony amongst this church at Corinth and throughout this entire book, we're going to see a common theme taking place that has to do with the unity of the church, that has to do with being a unified church. And so that's what we're going to look at uh, this evening. So let's pray, and we'll jump right into this tonight, shall we? Let's pray. Father, we love you again, and, and God, we uh, come to you, uh, and we are very grateful that you have given us this book of 1 Corinthians uh, as you gave it to your apostle, uh, Paul, to give to this church at Corinth, and God, you saw fit to preserve it for us, that we might glean from it, that we might learn from it, 
uh, that we might apply it to the life and ministry of uh, churches today. And God, as we go through this book, and uh, more specifically as we go through this chapter tonight, uh, to lay down this introductory thoughts uh, concerning the unity of the church, uh, God, I pray that you would uh, just speak to our hearts tonight, that we might apply what is learned, what is given, uh, Father, that we might uh, be and have a unified church here at Bailey Road. And God will certainly, uh, as we do, seek to in each and every aspect of our life uh, to be able to give you the honor for it. And we do ask these things and pray them in Jesus' name. Amen. So the, the first part that I want you to see here in these first uh, few verses, I want you to see the salutation of Paul. The salutation of Paul, of course, uh, he introduces it in verse 1, introducing himself, and he says, Sothosthenes, our brother, more than likely, Sothosthenes is the one who is pinning the words. Uh, we learn from some of Paul's other writings that uh, his eyesight was not that great. Uh, whenever he would write, he had to write in uh, very large letters, and you can imagine as much as Paul uh, had to say in these letters, uh, if Paul had to write it, the amount of space that would have been needed uh, for Paul to be able to write. And uh, that may be why some of the books of Paul were as long as they were, because all he had to do was be the one speaking. And he had penmen that were writing this down. But he gives this salutation, and I, I think it's very important because we learn much throughout the Scripture um, as we see even in the salutations that Paul gives. And he, he starts by identifying himself and also identifying who the letter is to. And he says that it's unto the church of God, which is at Corinth. And I, I think, again, very, very important that when we see and we go through these letters of the Apostle Paul, that we have a great understanding of who it is that Paul was writing to. He's not writing to one individual. He's not writing to one or two people. He's writing to the church. He's writing to the church that is at Corinth. But more specifically, he reminds them within this salutation who the church is. He says, "...to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Now, one of the things I started doing in, in reading Paul's writings, and again, I think we would just be advantageous to us, um, but one of the things I started doing several years ago is whenever Paul mentions the Lord, mark it. Whenever he mentions Christ, Whenever he mentions God, whenever he mentions the Holy Spirit, because I will tell you, when you start noticing the number of times Paul makes reference to them, it'll blow you away. And, and the emphasis that he places upon God. I mean, just in this second verse, really, the first two verses, he says, uh, again, Paul, an apostle, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. Two times in verse number one, he says, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all that in every place call upon the name 
of Jesus Christ, our Lord. So four times in verse number two. So in the first two verses, Paul has mentioned the Lord Jesus Christ or God the Father six times. Six times in the first two verses. If you ever wonder where the emphasis was placed by the Apostle Paul, it was on the Lord. Go to verse number three, you'll see more. He says, grace be unto you and peace. From where? From God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at that. What an emphasis in this salutation of the Apostle Paul as he gets into this. And and we see that in this he says again in verse 4, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ. Do you see the emphasis here? I mean, can we emphasize any more or any greater the the emphasis that he places upon this? And you'll see it over and over and over again as he says in verse 5 that in everything ye are enriched by him. You can even notice the pronouns. So in every verse so far, the Apostle Paul is focused on the Lord. Enriched by him in all utterance. That word utterance just means uh, the act of words coming from a mouth. He says, in all utterance, in all words, in all knowledge, we are enriched by God. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. The testimony of Christ. So that ye come behind in no gift, wanting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I haven't missed a verse yet. Who? shall also confirm unto the end that ye may be blameless in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because God is faithful. In all of this, in this emphasis of the Lord, Paul says you need to know and understand that everything in the Christian life has to do with God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, may we not miss that tonight within this salutation as again he reminds them that God is faithful, that God has called us under the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. These first nine verses, we see this salutation as Paul just lays it out there. He says, this is who I am. This is who you are. But most importantly, this is who God is. And God is the reason we do what we do. And because of this, because of who you are as a church, because of who God is as our Savior, because of who His Son is as the one that has called us and sanctified us and set us aside, He says, I'm going to beseech you in verse 10. He says, now I beseech you. He says, I call to your attention. I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. As we see the salutation of Paul, I want to give you number two, the steps toward unity. The steps that must be taken toward unity. Obviously, we pointed out earlier, Chloe 
and those that were in her house had given a report to Paul. They had reported back to him or simply just said, Paul, we've got some issues here. We don't know what is going on. We don't know exactly what's right, what's wrong. But, but we've got some divisions here. It's very possible and very likely that the church met in Chloe's house. They may not have, but they knew enough that Paul said, look, I've heard some of these things are happening. And he says, I'm beseeching you. That idea of beseeching is to get their attention, to put a call out, to, again, place an emphasis. And he says that ye all speak the same thing, and there be no divisions among you, but rather that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Now, unity is not always easy, is it? Think about this for a moment. Even even if you live by yourself, it's hard to have unity sometimes. Now add someone else in the mix. It's hard to have unity sometimes, isn't it? Go ahead, add another person in the mix. Listen, this is, unity is not about liking one another. Hey, I'll even go a step further. Unity is not just about loving one another. You can love one another and not have unity. How many of you know that to be true? Absolutely. If you, again, if you're married, there's probably been some times in your marriage where while you love each other and you like each other, that you are not unified on something. You have children. How many of you ever had maybe some disunity in what you were going to do with your children. One, one parent says, I'm going to wring their neck, and the other one says, no, you're not. No, you're not. Yes, I am. You watch. I won't watch. I'll wring your neck. And you got one parent wringing the kid's neck and the other parent wringing the other parent's neck. It just There's no unity there, is there? And there's division There's division. Now, that's just within a family, within a household. Now, there's no way for us to know exactly how large this church at Corinth was. But it was more than a household. And if if I'm using the family unit as an example that The more you add, the harder it is to have unity. Now, let's look at a church. The more you add, the harder it is to have unity. And Paul says, though, he says, I want you to speak the same thing. 
that there be no divisions, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. You know, I, I know it's possible, and I, I don't, I don't, I have no idea if this happens here. I'm sure it's happened to before, uh, but uh, I, as far as I am aware, it's not happening today. As far as I'm aware, so I'm not thinking of any specific instance or anything like that. Uh, that's one of the advantages of preaching through First Corinthians uh, early uh, in coming to Bailey Road. But have you noticed that when you come in and you come into the auditorium? We have this side and that side. There's a natural division in the church, isn't there? It's okay to say amen, okay? I promise, it's okay. It's not going to hurt my feelings. But there's a natural division, isn't there? I mean, we, we come in and and I've seen this, again, not here, but I've seen somebody come in and they'll sit on this side all the way in the front because they're not at unity with someone else who's sitting on that side in the back. I've seen churches that have, uh, one church was struggling in, in keeping their doors open. I've seen another church uh, struggle in, in keeping their doors open, and they decided, they said, well, you know what we'll do? We'll, we'll just come together. And they merged. Two churches into one. Nothing says unity like that, right? I visited a church that did this. I knew the people from one church I didn't know the people from the other church. It was the oddest, most uncomfortable situation I'd ever been in. And I was, I was just visiting. This was before COVID. It's been a few years ago, but we were visiting. We were on vacation, and I said, hey, let's go to this church. It's been a while since we've been there. And Rachel said, no, that'd be nice. And uh, we let a few people know we were coming, and we went, and uh, well, like I said, they had had this tiny little merger uh, that had taken place, and uh, as in many Baptist churches, they came to the time when it was time to fellowship. Time to fellowship. So they went around, and I'm an observant person by nature, I think, and, and I observed something that was extremely odd. The people from church A went around and they talked to each other and they shook hands. And the people from church B went around and talked to each other and shook hands. But the people from church A did not go to the people of church B and the people of church B did not go to the people of church A. And very few of them shook hands. It was as if there were two churches in one building. It wasn't unified. And it was very odd. I, I tried to shake hands with people I didn't know, people I did know, and 
but it was a little odd. And you can sense when unity is not present. And that's why Paul is saying, first of all, first of all, this is not about us. It's about the Lord. Again, when you look at the emphasis that Paul places in the first nine verses on the Lord Jesus Christ and on God the Father, you have to get that the emphasis is on God. And he says, oh, and by the way, you need to speak the same thing. You need to get rid of the divisions and be unified because I've heard Chloe's house told me that there's contention among you. When we decided to name our oldest daughter Chloe, my father-in-law came and, and he said, you know she's going to be a blabbermouth, right? And we said, huh? And he said, yeah. He said it was Chloe's house that told Paul everything about the church at Corinth. She's going to be a blabbermouth. And you know what? I'm not saying my father-in-law was a prophet, but if you want to know something about us, she'll tell you. Is your Chloe like that? She's not going to answer. Abby. She's just, she's not answering either. Hey, Liv, is Chloe like that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, all right. There's something in names, folks, I tell you. Uh, there's something in names, but uh, no, I think Chloe was well-meaning here. She said, look, Paul, we have a problem. It needs to be fixed. Now, look, I'm a, uh, I don't always do everything in this way, but I'm a firm believer that if you can do preventative maintenance, preventative maintenance is best. Amen? I mean, it's a whole lot easier to do preventative maintenance than to wait till it's broke all the way and it's out of commission. What we're doing here and going through the book of 1 Corinthians is a little bit of preventative maintenance. Again, I don't know of contentions or, or divisions or this side versus this side in particular, and so we're just going to kind of preempt some of these things because, one, the Bible deals with this. So I don't want anybody to think, oh, somebody's been telling pastor about this. They haven't. Now, if they do, then, hey, we'll deal with it, Okay. Because that's the Bible way, because we don't need divisions. If Bailey Road Baptist Church is going to be a profitable church, if it's going to be a growing church, we're going to have to be a unified church. A unified church. Now look, that doesn't mean there won't ever be contentions. There will be. It, that doesn't mean there won't be divisions, because there will be. But when there are, we'll deal with them. And that is part of putting the steps toward unity. Look what he says in verse number 12. He, he gives some of the divisions that were here. As they said, every one of you say, I am of Paul and I am of Apollos. I am of Cephas and I of Christ. Now look, I would love to tell you, I would love to tell you, that Paul fixed this problem. 
in every church going forward. Because we don't have those problems in today's church, do we? Yeah, we do. Oh, man, as a matter of fact, sometimes it's even church against church. What we do today is it's not Paul and Apollos and, and that. Usually it's among Bible colleges. Oh, well, that church supports that Bible college and this church supports that Bible college and we don't like that Bible college and so therefore we don't like that church. You say, that happens? Oh, yeah. That happens all the time. And Paul says, is Christ divided? Remember the emphasis he placed in the first nine verses? There was a reason for it. He says, is Christ divided? Now somebody go ahead and answer that question. No. Was Paul crucified for you? No. Were you baptized in the name of Paul? No. So the answer to all of those questions is no. And then Paul, and I love Paul's sense of dealing with some of this stuff because he says, he says, matter of fact, he said, well, the answer to that is no. He said, I thank God that I didn't baptize any of you. He said, I didn't baptize a one of you. And I thank God for that. Because I don't want anybody saying that I baptized in my own name. He said, Crispus and Gaius baptized you. They didn't even make the list. Isn't that something? He said, I did baptize the household of Stephanus. But besides that, I don't know whether I baptized any other. He said, I can't think of anybody else other than Stephanus' house that I baptized at all. And you're over here saying, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos. If I could put it in today's vernacular, that's nonsense. That's what he's saying here. As a matter of fact, he said, Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with words of wisdom, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Steps toward unity is we have to identify where there are divisions. Look, hey, if, if there are divisions, it, it's easier to just get them out there and get them dealt with lest we make the cross of Christ of none effect. Lest we become ineffective as a church. That's what disunity, that's what disharmony does. And so if there are divisions, which are bound to happen, let's just get it out there. Let's just deal with it. Get it done. Get past it. So that we can do what God called us to do. Amen? Hey, look, we, we voted a couple of weeks ago. Put new flooring down. I don't know, how many, how many do we have in the church, Diane? 
84 to 100, somewhere around there, 84 on the roll and others coming in. And so 84 to 100. Can I just tell you, I'm just going to tell you right up front, we are not going to please 100 people with what we put on the floor. Somebody say amen. Okay? Brother Henry, we're not going to please everybody, are we? No. I'm sorry in advance. I'll just, I'll tell you up front, I'll be one that's not pleased. Because every time I've done a project like it, I look back and I say, yeah, we should have went with that. But can I just tell you, flooring, paint, ceilings, that's not, that's not stuff to divide over. Amen. Unless it's pink, then we can divide. <laughs> no pink, okay? Just saying. We do pink floors, I'm going to have a problem with it. I'll divide over it. I'll, I'll fight for it, you know. Uh, but other than pink, man, I'm good. Any pink fans? Have I offended someone tonight? Okay, good. Brother Mike, he's, he's a pink fan. Uh, aren't you a Bengals fan too? Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Totally kidding. I just had to throw that in there. No, seriously. It's not worth dividing over. We all can't get our way. Somebody say amen. Amen. So we're just going to roll with it. We're going to walk on it. Let's not forget that. We're going to walk on it. Again, preventative maintenance. I'm just throwing this out there. Paul said he sent us to preach. Not with words of wisdom, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. The steps towards unity. Let me give you number two, or number three rather. The substance of our unity. If we have the steps of unity, what's the substance? Well, he says in verse 18, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us, which are saved, it's the power of God. For it is wisdom, or written, sorry, for it is written, not wisdom. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made the foolishness or made foolish the wisdom of this world? The answer to that is yes, he has. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. Under the Jews, a stumbling block. Under the Greeks, foolishness. But under them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, 
Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Listen, the substance of our unity is going to be found in the doctrine and the teaching and preaching of Bailey Road Baptist Church. That's where our substance is at. Again, we we get so bogged down as people, so bogged down as people over the minorest of things. Such as, as we've already mentioned, paint colors and floor colors and that. When what we really ought to be concerned with is what did God call us to do? He called us to preach. And he said he's confounded the wise. The world doesn't understand what we're doing here tonight. Lost men don't understand the purpose of a preaching service. As a matter of fact, it's foolish. But the Bible says that he'll use the foolish things of this world to save them that believe. In verse 21, he says, And it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. We must remember our purpose as a church. If we're going to be unified on anything, it ought to be the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It ought to be the doctrine that we have as a Baptist church. That is the substance of our unification. Not whether we agree on colors. Not whether we agree on, uh, here's one. And I did hear this this morning, but I'm not talking about this. But uh, whether it's too hot or too cold in here. I did hear that this morning, but that was not on my mind until I was about to say it. Because you know what? Some would say it's too hot. Some would say it's too cold. Then you got the one that says, oh, it's just right. Again, what about the preaching? What about the preaching? Is it on? Is it on with Scripture? Does it line up with what God hath said? That's where we ought to be unified. That's where we ought to have uh, the unification within the church because God said the foolishness of God is wiser than the men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. The substance of our unity is in our teaching and in our preaching. Then let me give you the last point tonight, the support of our unity. How are we going to support this thing? The support of our unity comes from verse 26 through the end of the chapter as he says, For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of, this wor- of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and the base things of the world. And the things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are. That no flesh should glory in His presence. 
but of him ye are ye in Christ Jesus, who for God is made unto wisdom and unto righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Listen. In this flesh, we can accomplish much. We can. God has given us an intellect. He has given us abilities. In, in all people, in all people, we can do this. It's just that we shouldn't. It's just that we shouldn't. We can. But imagine if we didn't. Do you even understand what I'm talking about? Look, churches are, have business aspects to them. And as I, as I look out in the world, you know, I can, you can find and you'll find successful businesses. We watched a program last night on, on a gentleman that in, in three years, in three years of coming to America, opened up 56 businesses. And he came from another country with nothing. With nothing. And in three years opened up 56 businesses. Profitable. Profitable businesses. And he was a Buddhist. You see, what I'm saying is we can accomplish things in the flesh. We can do church in the flesh. It's been done. It's done all the time. It's just that we shouldn't. Because the Scripture says that no flesh should glory in His presence. The substance of our unity is the preaching. The support of our unity comes from God. He reminds us in verse 30, But of Him are ye in Christ Jesus. Of Him. It's not your flesh. It says, Who of God made us unto wisdom? Any wisdom that we might have should come from God. Any righteousness that we have, it only comes from God. Any sanctification, it's because of God. And our redemption, it's only through Him. That according, as it is written, He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. We want unity. Is our desire tonight as a church and as a congregation to have unity amongst the brethren? How do we do it? Well, there's steps that we must take. There's a substance to it, and there's a support of it. 
But the basis of our unity must be God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's where it comes from. That's what we must be unified on and in and through. The emphasis is here. Again, we will, listen, I'm, I, again, I'm no prophet or anything like that, but I'm just going to tell you, we will have divisions. We will disagree on things. But as we do, we need to deal with it. Amen? We just got to deal with it. So I don't like confrontation. I, I will tell you, it's my least favorite aspect of ministry. I don't like confrontation. I'm not a confrontational person. But sometimes we've got to deal with things so that we can stay unified. So that we can stay unified in Him. The steps or developing a unified church has to do with what and where we're dealing with God. Where is He at in this? And I will tell you, we'll, we, we will get disunified quicker when it's all about me getting my way. I'm the pastor. So what? So what? Well, I'm a, I'm a church member. I tithe. Well, that's not yours. Let's not forget that. Amen. You're just bringing back His. So there's nothing special in that. Amen. Hey, look, we're, we're going to be and have divisions, but we need to fix them when they happen so that we can keep a unity. So that we can keep a unified spirit. Because there's something bigger than us. There's something greater than us at stake here. It's the gospel. It's the gospel. I want you to start taking note of where the Apostle Paul mentions the Lord. Just note it. Mark it. Circle it, highlight it. It'll change you. It'll change your focus. It's amazing. Let's be a unified church. Let's develop and have a unified church. Every head bowed, every eye closed.